Welcome to the Stories from Southwest Virginia podcast. Today we have a very exciting episode from Withville, Virginia. We're going to be speaking with Michael Gilman from the Withville Department of Museums. More specifically, we visited the Thomas Boyd Museum where they have some great displays up there. Some pre-1860s art decor from Southwest Virginia. We're going to talk about some of Southwest Virginia's history as far as the settlers and exploration back in those times. A brief mention of the polio exhibit that's going on up there and some new exhibits that are exciting and going to be coming out very soon but without further ado let's hop in to today's episode so michael thank you so much for uh, agreeing to come on the podcast and talk about a little bit of your area of expertise today i know last week i got to visit the thomas boyd museum and see a little bit into the polio epidemic uh, experience up there and it was truly fascinating to see about that type of history and everything and i know you're more of a pre-1860 student of southwest virginia you mentioned the decorative arts and the 18th century southwest virginia frontier so i thought maybe today we could start by you just kind of introducing yourself to everybody and talking to a little bit about what you do up at the Whiffle department of museums okay sure uh, my name's uh, michael gilman and I am the coordinator of heritage sites and programs for the town of Withfield Department of Museums. Um, I have been a resident of West County my whole life, um, and so that kind of spurred my love of the, uh, the decorative arts and the um, kind of the part of history that you don't really hear about much in Southwest Virginia, being this 18th century history. Um, and as you said, you were here last week with the polio epi- uh, epidemic exhibit, and. Uh, <clears throat> We're currently working on a, uh, a lead mines exhibit at the Boyd Museum, which starts out in that southwest Virginia frontier in the 1750s uh, when Colonel John Chiswell found the lead mines in what is now Austinville, Virginia. And so we started in that exhibit um, about 1761 when lead was first uh, successfully being mined out of those um, out of the, the, the mines that uh, Chiswell had found. Um, and so it's kind of an interesting part of history that uh, people know about, but they don't really know a lot of the details. Um, and so that's, I found that interesting to tell that story, which is what I'm currently working on now at the museum. Um, and it should be open and ready to go hopefully soon. So, um, Yeah, that sounds great. I, I actually got to see a little bit of the behind-the-scenes construction of, of that exhibit, and it definitely looks like it's going to be a, a really fun thing to go and venture in, because it looked like, well, I don't want to give away any secrets, but it definitely looks like it's going to be an exciting thing for everybody to see. I know myself, I was very impressed with the, the polio exhibit, getting to see some of the pieces that were set up there, and currently I'm working on trying to develop a story myself to give everybody a perspective of that and encourage people to go check that out as well. There's a lot of parallels between that polio epidemic experience that you can see in the museum with a lot of things that we have going on today around COVID-19. But uh, I'm a little fascinated to learn a little bit more about your area of expertise and about the 18th century, because I I know that's definitely an era of Southwest Virginia I myself don't know a lot about, and I'm sure a lot of our viewers don't either. Right, and um, it's it's an ongoing process with with getting good documentation about what's going on in Southwest Virginia in the 18th century. Uh, our first really permanent resident of Wythe County was here in the 1740s, and that was uh, Mac Meadows, which is uh, or I'm sorry, Mac is like William Mac, which is Max what Max Meadows is named after, and um, 
so that that kind of started it, and then the Great Road came through to Fort Chiswell uh, in the 1750s. Um, and Fort Chiswell is also a, a another subject that's going to be in our new exhibit, which is uh, um, pretty interesting. Um, it was originally Sayers Mill, and uh, then Colonel William Byrd had a military outpost there in the 1750s during the French and Indian War. Um, the Sandy Creek Expedition left from there um, um, against the natives under Colonel William Preston, which his house still stands on Virginia Tech's campus, which is Smithfield. Um, and so then it was also another point during uh, the American Revolution and also a meeting point for uh, um, members of the Fincastle County Committee of Safety, which includes Colonel William Campbell, Arthur Campbell, um, many, many men from down in the Washington County area um, who, were, who were prominent leaders of, in southwest Virginia at that time. And, uh, of course, Fort Chiswell stood eight miles from the lead mines. Um, I do have some letters, uh, which is kind of interesting with, to do with the lead mines, uh, eight blockhouses. Um, guarding the mines, which uh, for anybody who doesn't know what a blockhouse is, there's a great example over at um, the um, Natural Tunnel State Park, the reconstruction of Anderson Blockhouse. Uh, but there was also a letter that mentions a palisaded fort being built at the lead mines, which is which is pretty interesting because uh, I know a lot of the legend has said that Fort Chiswell was here to guard the lead mines, and um, I'm not so certain if that. It probably had a, a little bit to do with guarding the mines, but if the mines had its own palisaded fort and blockhouses, they were pretty well protected on their own. So it, with 18th century, it's really just wading through everything and trying to get an accurate description of the evidence at hand and doing your best at trying to uh, interpret uh, the rest of it. Um, so it's 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 very interesting. Um, of course, with the Great Road, which reaches out into... Uh, East Tennessee, and once the American Revolution is over, uh, you know, you see this influx of people, um, and that brings in craftsmen and, um, you know, house builders, uh, potters, gunsmiths, all kinds of just people with skills and trades that need to make a living, and that kind of just opened up that influx into uh, Southwest Virginia, East Tennessee, Kentucky, on from there. We were kind of a launching point at that point to uh, into Kentucky um, in the late 18th century. So it, it's a lot of work. It's very interesting, though, to see what uh, these settlers went through. Um, I read at one, point, at one point that the early frontiersmen here knew less about the uh, – what they were heading into than when uh, man first went to the moon. So I thought that was kind of an interesting perspective um, to uh, just to to show what, you know, they had no clue what they were heading into. Um, and then they just, they were able to make a life out of it here. So, um, it is definitely a, a great way to look at things, and, and I'm sure back in that time when everybody was kind of exploring these different areas for the first time, there was there was a lot of, I would say, anxiety around that, but also this this mindset of you know finding what's out there. There was probably a lot of excitement as well, and and just to know how much history there was that rolled through this region from those times, even you know up through later years. 
is astounding. And there's a lot of big names that I know that are associated with a lot of the travel through here from around that time frame as well. Right. Um, Daniel Boone's through southwest Virginia. Um, like I said, Colonel William Campbell, who's known as the hero of King's Mountain, settled here very early. Um, most of the Campbells out in um, Smith and Washington County, they were here very early. Um, a lot of a lot of leaders um, in the American Revolution um, and during the well militia, but took part in some large battles. Uh, so we were very much, even though when you see American Revolution, you think you know New England states, you think uh, the Eastern Seaboard of Virginia, South Carolina, but uh, when you look at the back country, which is basically southwest Virginia and, and Kentucky, Tennessee, parts of South Carolina, North Carolina, uh, these men were very active. Um, you know, most of them did not in, go to continental line service or something or anything like that because they were guarding the frontier with the natives uh, who were raging or waging their own war against the settlers. And so um, then when the call to arms for the militia happened at Kings Mountain. William Campbell took uh, the majority of southwest Virginians down and uh, was able to, uh, well, a lot, a lot of people might disagree, but I think maybe one of the turning points of the American Revolution was Kings Mountain. Um, and so a lot of these men have, you know, has a lot to do with why we have independence and freedom today. That's, that's definitely true. And, and I was reading up here and, you know, it, there, there's a couple different things that you mentioned that you're kind of more in-depth and educated in, and that's the, the decorative arts as well as the frontier. And in regards to those two particular subjects, what are some things that are currently in the museum that somebody wanting to visit could go and see and kind of learn about in those respects? Sure. So in the museum, um, I guess it was two summers ago, we opened up the With County Craftsmen and Artisans section. And... Um, Right now, we have a, uh, a couple pieces of pottery uh, attributed to uh, the Buck family, which was prominent in the River Retreat section. The most prominent would be uh, Johann Christian Buck, who studied under the Moravians in North Carolina, or was influenced by the Moravians uh, in the Salem area of North Carolina, uh, who came up to Wythe County in the 1790s and made his home and... Um, his family was making pottery in this area up into the 1900s. Uh, we also have on the wall a few highlights of other craftsmen, such as blacksmiths, which is Henry Huddle. Uh, we have some silversmiths, John Kleiss and uh, Hugh Gregg, which was here in downtown Whitfield in the 1790s to 1820, very early silver. Um, Fleming Rich, uh, probably the most well-known of those Wythe County craftsmen that we have on that wall. He's famous for all the Wythe County pie safes with the tulip and urn punch tins. His brother Nimrod Rich did all the tin punching and tin work in his store. Um, and then un with Fleming Rich is an apprentice that he had, which is James F. Siegel, um, known for the Wythe County scallop tables, which are also a big hit uh, with collectors of Southern decorative arts. Um, we also have a rifle made in Fort Chiswell by Jacob Schaefer, a uh, very prominent gunsmith here in Wythe County. There's about 14 known rifles made by him, um, some very nice, well-decorated target rifles, which has silver inlays, brass patch boxes. Um, 
and he also made uh, what they call a poor boy rifle, which is basically just a walnut stock iron trigger guard and, and butt plate and such, uh, which is what we have on display here. We also have a pair of traveling pistols and a powder horn, which is signed by Victor Dorio, uh, made here in downtown Whitfield. They date to about 1840. Um, we have a section on coverlets, weavers, uh, which is uh, the the um, a lot of Whit County women took part of weaving out coverlets on looms uh, to supply to their family. Um, and then the probably probably my most favorite section is the uh, it highlights the German craftsmen, um, and it, it's called "From Birth to Death: A uh, Legacy of Life Through Folk Art." And so it starts out with uh, Frockter, which uh, in Whit County we had the wild turkey artist who. I uh, got that name because at the top of his fructors are two birds with a heart, and they mostly resemble wild turkeys. And uh, we don't know who that that um, artist was. Speculation, it's either Reverend Jacob Repass or Reverend George Flora, both Lutheran ministers at St. John's Church, um, which was is still standing here just uh, north of town. Um, and so... A fructor is basically a birth certificate, um, and it, they're all in German script, um, mostly from families of uh, St. John's, St. Paul, and Kimberling Lutheran Church. And so that kind of starts that exhibit, and then we move to uh, blanket chests or dower chests. Uh, you know, the woman would bring this chest into the home uh after she's married, be a wedding gift or, and such. So that would hold their linens and, and such like that. But in Wythe County, we have um, paint-decorated chests. There's about 30 of them known. They're attributed to uh, John Huddle. And um, they date anywhere from 1800 to 1825. We currently own two. One's on display. The one we do have on display is uh, one of three that's actually signed by the maker. And they, uh, they're mostly poplar, um, and poplar was very common to be made of furniture that's going to have like a, a red wash or brown wash or be painted. And so most of these chests have two or three panels on the front uh, with a tulip and urn decoration, which is a very common motif for the Germans. And um, usually in the urn, if they're signed, they'll their uh, signature is in that urn. Um, some have drawers in the bottom of it, two or three config, two or three drawer configurations. Some doesn't have any drawers. Um, on top, you'll either have um, kind of a, a, a square with the corners cut rounded out, or circles with a compass. Um, uh, there'll be two of those on usually the lid, um, and then after the, the the blanket chest with marriage, we go to death. And so we highlight our German uh, tombstone carvers. Most well-known is um, Lawrence Krohn. Um, and most of his work sits in St. John's Cemetery, with the most famous being that of Reverend George Flora, who has a head and foot stone, but in the middle is a fully carved coffin-like stone over the whole grave. Uh, and that was done at Krohn's private cost. Um, and a lot of his tombstones are, are well known in that cemetery. I think there's probably about 15 to 20 stones left. I'm sure there was more, but time has erased a lot of, of those stones with just damage and 
uh, and being replaced and such. So, um, and Crone actually is buried in that cemetery, but interestingly enough, after carving all these tombstones, he's in an unmarked grave. And so that kind of highlights the uh, decorative arts exhibit here at, in, in our museum, and that's one of the main ones as soon as you come in the door. Uh, the other main one in that door is uh, actually exhibit on Thomas Jefferson Boyd, who the museum is named after, who's known as the father of Withfield. And uh, originally born in Campbell County, but uh, moved to Wythe County and helped lay out the, the streets uh, and kind of the town today. You still can see his original plan, um, the wide Main Street, the wide Spring Street, the wide Monroe Street here in Withfield. That is the original width of the streets when Boyd laid it out, which was it's pretty interesting because I think Main Street's 90 feet wide. Uh, and so the town kind of grew up a, around his original plan with um, uh, with what he had designed in the 1830s. Yeah, I definitely like the the layout of Withful, and that's that's one thing I was going to mention was that uh, there's there's actually multiple museums in in downtown Withful, and I like how accessible everything is. You can literally park on the main strip, and you have your your shopping, your eateries, you have the museums, the park, and and it, the layout of Withful is just so nice and how accessible it is. Right. Um, I, I think we're very fortunate to have um, somebody so early who could um, could plan the town um, the way it is. And Main Street, that was that was the great road. That was the main travel uh, through here. So uh, he utilized the great road, which was bringing all these people uh, westward, and um, put grew the town around that. So. Um, but yes, there is. There's other museums that are uh, privately owned downtown. Uh, the town of Withville, we have the Thomas J. Boyd, which is our general history museum, which is what I've been talking about today with these exhibits. Um, but we also own the Haller Gibbony Rockhouse Museum, which is right next door, which is the home of Withville's first resident physician. It was built in 1823. Uh, we also have the Great Lakes to Florida Highway Museum, which uh, also highlights Withville as a, a travel center. Uh, which is just a couple blocks up from the Thomas Boyd. All of our main street, our all of our museums are on Tazewell Street, but the uh, Great Lakes the Highway, the Florida Highway Museum, uh, was on Route 21, which is uh, goes from the Great Lakes to Florida, and so that's a small little gas station uh, that was just a stop for people, and that was the main highway north to south through here. That's fascinating, and I definitely have to come and check out some more of these museums and exhibits as, as time goes on. And do you have a rough timeline of when the uh, the newest exhibit's going to be open at the Thomas Boyd Museum? Maybe in a couple of weeks uh, or so? Or Yeah, uh, it's looking maybe about the 1st of September in the okay. first few weeks. Um, we've still got a lot of work to do to, hear in the, to do in the lead mines. Um, I know I didn't touch too much on that. I didn't want to give everything away. Um, Fort Chiswell will be highlighted as well in that exhibit. So um, a lot of new and interesting information about Fort Chiswell we're working on. Um, again, you know, new documents appear, and sometimes it changes what many has thought over the years, and, and that's just part of history. Um, along with the lead mines, you know, the iron ore industry that's here with the furnaces and the forges, the railroad that um, split off at Pulaski and came down following the New River into the southern end of the county into 
communities such as Austinville and Ivanhoe and Cripple Creek and and Speedwell and such to get that iron ore out. Um, a lot of people don't know it. Um, Whitfield, Whit County was being mined for numerous um, minerals and resources from 1750s to the New Jersey Zinc Company that shut down in 1981. Um, and so uh, we have a long mining um, history here. And so all of that will be highlighted in this new exhibit. Um, it's also going to include wars. Um, you know, in the American Revolution, uh, the mines belonged to the colony of Virginia. So, of course, loyalist militias wanted to take those mines and get that lead and supply it to uh, the crown. So, you know, it was disputed as early as the American Revolution. The Civil War saw four raids through the town and the county trying to get that lead to stop that production. So that'll also be highlighted as well. So, a lot of interesting information is going to be out in this new exhibit, uh, and that's what we're currently working on right now with some, some interesting interactives and, and um, new structures in the, in the exhibit. <laughs> yeah, it definitely sounds like something very fascinating, especially for all the history buffs out there that might be listening today. And, and I'm sure in the podcast, in, in the post links and everything, we'll have links going back to all the information we talked about today. So if you want to find out more or find out how and when you can actually visit the museums for yourself to check out some of these things, all that information will be there for you. And I guess as, as we're nearing the end of our episode today, is there any last or final thoughts you'd like to toss out to everybody as far as what they might can expect to experience when they come to the museum or any other updates that we might have missed? Um, sure. Actually, there's the, the downstairs of the Boyd Museum is actually going to have uh, about three-fourths of that's going to be all brand-new exhibits as well, including a temporary exhibit that uh, I think some people will find fascinating. I'm not going to give that one away. Um, and, you know, right now downstairs we've got milling and energy, uh, which uh, with Bill's first um, mill, uh, our produced power is a mill on Reed Creek, and so we have a lot of of the equipment out of that old building down there. Um, we also have Whitfield's two first fire wagons in the basement, one dating to the 1840s. It's hook and ladder number one, and it was actually pulled by men. And then we also have a uh, horse-drawn wagon uh, that dates to the 1850s. That's also downstairs in our uh, fire exhibit. And next to it um, is a wagon made in the 1880s in downtown Whitfield from Foot and Johnson Wagon Company. And so we also have actually a, a live honeybee exhibit as well that'll be in the Boyd Museum. And so uh, just look for us to, to open up sometime, I think, uh, I think the first couple of weeks of September. And uh, we look forward to seeing everybody. It's been a long time since we've had visitors, and <laughs> we'll welcome anybody and everybody. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll, I'll definitely comment on the basement. I won't say anything that I saw, but I did get a little bit of a sneak peek of some of the things going on down there. And once all that gets finished up and everybody does get to visit, you definitely want to check a lot of that out. There's a lot of neat things down there from some history over the years, and I'm trying to think of how I can keep talking about it without giving anything away other than just <laughs> be sure to check out everything the museum has to offer when they get opened up. But Michael, thank you so much for coming on and, and chatting with us today. I definitely appreciated it, and I'm sure myself as well as the rest of the viewers have learned a little something that they didn't already know about the area and the region. There's so much history around here, and it's so great to learn more about it. So thank you to you and everyone else involved with the Department of Museums up in Withful for everything you do and 
getting that history out there. And I look forward to seeing you guys again soon. All right. Thank you. And we, we appreciate you letting us share a little bit of our history here and with Bill and with County.